Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? I just can't stop thinking about that episode of Seinfeld when um, George lies to his dead ex-fiance's parents and says he just closed on a house in the Hamptons and like he gets caught in the lie and they're like, let's go visit the house. And he gets in the car and they just keep driving down the Long Island Expressway and they're driving and driving and driving and there's no house and he's just not giving up. He's just, he won't. And he's like like Trump. We're going to Montauk, right? We're going to Montauk. No sleep till Montauk. So that's, that's how I feel this week. That's what's going on with our government. No, sleep till Montauk and no sleep till we finish recording this nope so this is nope <laughs> the podcast where we shut it down my name is no my sign is no my number is no you need to let it go you need to let it go need to let it go hey everyone so uh happy almost Hanukkah Rachel Happy almost Hanukkah tomorrow night. Yeah. Festival of Lights. And to all of our listeners, probably two thirds of whom are New York Jews. So uh, we'll see you out at the great Hanukkah menorah lighting, I guess, in (laughs) the Rockefeller Center, I suppose. (laughs) Um, Rachel, anything interesting happened this week? Well, yeah. I mean, as if we didn't have enough problems as it was, uh, the pandemic has created a whole slew of skin conditions. Mm. And I keep reading about this problem called mask knee, which is like this invention of the cosmetics industry. It's acne caused by wearing a mask. And this week, between all the stress and the constant need to wear a mask, even when I am outside, I realized that I have contracted mask knee. Oh, no. Yeah. So we're in this pod with our friends, Megan and Tom, and we were over there for dinner over the weekend and we got into this conversation about maskne. And it turns out that Tom is a scientist turned entrepreneur who has a company that makes this product called Skin Smart, and he gave me a bottle. And I promise this is not like an ad, it's like a real organic. That's okay, we do ads for our friends all the time. Yeah, yeah, well, it you know, it is and it isn't. So you spray the stuff in your face, and it's this like fine, delightful mist. And not only does it get rid of mask knee, it kills viruses, including the coronavirus, and it's safe enough to spray like in your eyes and in your mouth. And um, it's very cool. The active ingredient is called hypochlorous acid, which is this very gentle acid that kills microbes and it's often used in um, eye surgeries and uh, Tom and his company came up with a process that like stabilizes it so it can last years in this bottle and you can buy skin smart online it's 14 bucks on Amazon for eight ounces while all these cosmetic companies are selling these mask knee treatments for much more money and uh, they don't even work. So there you have it. I'll, I'll link to I it in the show I didn't realize there was a, co- a cottage industry in maskne treatment. I didn't even know it was a thing. I guess I'm blessed with. No, it's a new thing that, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and like the skincare does it come industry. From the, does it come from the chafing or from like the recirculation the of chafing your breath? And just like blocking the pores with the, with the mask, you know, so you get acne like around your mouth and face which is <laughs> uncomfortable and and this skin smart thing it's not even marketed as like a mask knee therapy it just happens to work for it oh, so oh. yeah so it's a sama's dot well good there's a solution for everything this is a real first world problem i had a uh, something unusual happen so we talked yeah. about last week how i was getting all these unusual gifts including from you and there's a problem with i i said on twitter it shouldn't have been illegible notes it was in 
it's inscrutable notes is really right. what it was. Cryptic. Right? It right. was confusing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I realized that getting these unusual gifts has been a theme for this unusual year for my 50th birthday. So uh, we have a new office and I went in for just a few hours with two other people there, perfectly safe. And two of the partners at my fund uh, decided to give me a gift. It was a lovely, lovely bottle of whiskey. Um, and then one of the partners who I won't name, but he's Turkish. Um, and he has like a very deep voice, but he's a delightful, he, he sounds scary, but he's a delightful man. And um, he said, I have a gift for you. And it's from Turkey. Uh, I said, Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and he said, Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you right away that it's regifted, but I got it, but I think you'd like it. And I said, oh, okay. And Rachel, I brought it here to show to you. It's a, okay. it's a two-part gift. It's oh a my gift gosh. in two parts. The first, a, is a this, the first is this sort of like newsboy hat that I guess is very popular in Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can't said it, It's like said two, it came, okay. Okay. Right, it, it looks like two like scones on top of each other or something. Yeah. Is it two different fabrics or is no, it the same no, fabric? Just the light is hitting it in a different. Oh, it's like an optical illusion. It's like a houndstooth. Yes. It's like print. a houndstooth. And it says yeah. Istanbul on the inside. But then that was the normal part. Here's the unusual part. It's a, a pipe. A smoking pipe, <laughs> <laughs> and you've seen these around, but it's um, it's a pipe, and the the head of the pipe where you put the tobacco is like the head of a sultan carved oh. in wood, um, except the the like turban is broken off, so it's a broken <laughs> Turkish <laughs> pipe, <laughs> and um, he said, I understand if you don't want it, I can take it back. In which I had to put on an Oscar-winning performance, feigning gratitude and be like, oh, no, 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 no. I've been wanting to try smoking a pipe. I feel like it suits me now that I'm 50. So I'll I'll happily accept this. So now- You'll have to try it. You'll now have, I have to. It's, it's such an unusual gift. I mean, I, where else would you find something like that? At this rate, somebody's going to give me hashish and I can smoke <laughs> the hashish in the Turkish pipe um, or opium or something. People giving me all these drugs. And so uh, now I can smoke the pipe and I have the hat to go with and, it. So I can be a <laughs> Turkish gentleman sitting in my lair. Smoking and sometimes life. the best gifts are the most unexpected. So, you so know. this I've been truly gifted this birthday. <laughs> okay, let's do some notes, Rachel. What do you want to start with? Okay, yeah. So um, back to the George driving to uh, Montauk. It's been more than a month since the election was decided conclusively and unambiguously for Joe Biden. But Donald Trump is still out there driving to Montauk, pretending he won, uh, filing losing lawsuit after losing lawsuit to somehow snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat, or at least keep the grift going for a little longer while the getting's good. And uh, so far, he's lost around 53 lawsuits and he's won just one, um, though the tax is always going up, so I might be undercounting. <laughs> and I mean, this is the very definition of a loser. He's one, like, in, one in 53. Like if you were a <laughs> baseball team coming into the all-star break with a one in 53 record, like you would, dis the franchise would be dissolved. You'd be thrown like out of the league. <laughs> You'd be just like, yeah. So, I mean. Knock the, down the, the stadium. Like just. It's, it it's insane. And the one lawsuit that he won was just like such a lame lawsuit. It's like his now COVID infected crack legal team uh, won this suit that was decided on November 14th. It was a case about the deadline for confirming identification for mail-in ballots. And as a result, like 
a few ballots were disqualified <laughs> in Pennsylvania, where Biden won by over 80,000 Well, that's votes, a testament so... to the legal eagles, to the cracking, because <laughs> who, yeah. who but the finest legal minds could uncover such a trivial thing? They such have that fraud. much attention to detail. Never mind, every single filing is like misspelled and they spell Trump with the Q. And like, it's unbelievable. Like, did nobody proofread any of these things? All these people need to be disbarred. It's a disgrace. But like to bring this whole story to the present day, <laughs> um, Safe Harbor Day was Tuesday. And that means that all the relevant swing states have certified their election results for Biden. So it's over. Tuesday was also the day that the Supreme Court of the United States decided unanimously that they were not going to take up this Fakakta, Pennsylvania case to overturn the results in that state. So that's yeah. So it was, it was like a one sentence decision, and it was presumably <laughs> unanimous because it was presented to Alito. And for a minute, because you know they pick one judge when they have to do an emergency, like thing. an emergency so, thing, right? Yeah. So I was for one moment, I was like worried that like, oh god, it had to go to Alito. Like the only worst one is you know Barrett or Thomas, right? And um, then when they came out like with the one sentence thing without any dissent. Uh, at first, I was like, geez, maybe these people are sane after all. And then I realized that I am defining a very low bar for sanity. I mean, it's as if they were presented with a case that said, like, the sky is purple. And <laughs> they're, like, they're like, this court finds that this case is without merit. The sky is not purple. Like, that's yeah. it. Like, I refuse to give them credit for, like, stating the obvious. In this for being case. like, right, right. For <laughs> recognizing reality. Right. I mean, this is this is what we call the soft bigotry of low expectations. <laughs> I mean, so like, despite this, Trump is undeterred. He's like going for the Supreme Court. He's still saying he won on Twitter. He linked to an article today about how the Supreme Court decision about Pennsylvania was a crushing blow for the Trump campaign. And Trump, he tried to refute it by saying, quote, this was not my case, as has been so incorrectly reported. The case that everyone has been waiting for is the state's case with Texas and numerous others joining. It is very strong, all caps, all criteria met. How can you have a presidency <laughs> when a vast majority think the election was all caps rigged? So there's a lot to understand. I love I love all criteria met. Like what are the criteria? Like it's stapled in the right place? Right. Like, like what? Like, why are you bragging that all PDF <laughs> format? Like what shouldn't all criteria be met for any lawsuit that is filed in any district? like let alone a lawsuit you're expecting to be decided right. by the Supreme Court. Like I finished the SAT and it's in number two pencil. All criteria, <laughs> criteria were met. met. <laughs> it's insane. And second of all, his reasoning is circular. He's saying that you can't have a presidency when a majority of people think that the election was rigged. And the reason why they think the election was rigged is because he's been telling them that it was rigged and certain right-wing media outlets are going along with it. And GOP Congress people are a bunch of spineless fucks. Uh, and they're just sitting there saying nothing. And it's just so exhausting. Hey, Brian, I can't take it. I know. It wasn't the exhaustion so. supposed to be over? We're, like, this is in some ways more frustrating than before the election. Because yes. like, then we had the, like hope, the reprieve was still ahead. And now we realize it's not over and it may never be over. Like this man is going to haunt us from the grave. He's just haunting us, yes. And so this, like what, the question is like, what is this Texas case that everybody's been waiting for, right? Like 
dun, dun, and dun. What, is, what does like, Texas have to do with it? Yes, go ahead. He's referring to this lawsuit that was filed by no, Texas. Yeah, no, I'm telling I'm yeah. I'm telling our <laughs> listeners because they may not know. It was filed by Ken Paxton, the Texas Attorney General, demanding that the 62 total electoral college votes in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin be invalidated. Okay, as I said, he's the Texas Attorney General. And Trump said today, Wednesday, that he's joining this lawsuit. And then 17 Republican-controlled states have filed amicus briefs in support of it. This is insane. There's so many things that are so confusing can, here. Can states now sue other states if they don't like like laws in the other states? Like, like is that, that the whole concept of federalism? States yes, yes. Like states' rights. And and like one of them is Georgia, which is also like the old South, like states' rights. Like they're suing each other. Like what if someone doesn't like their like seatbelt laws or like they're like some other states just start suing each other. This is how it's going to end with every state suing every other state and like us like tangled up in a web. Right, like of... Phoenix doesn't like New York's parallel parking laws. So sue us. <laughs> sue, <laughs> sue. <laughs> It's just it's chaos. It's it's total chaos. And even worse, it's like a crime inside of another crime, like a Russian doll of crime. It's the fifth derivative of corruption <laughs> because Ken Paxton is currently under investigation by the FBI for bribery and abuse of his office. So he's basically taking this whole thing on in an effort to curry favor with Trump and get a pardon. That's my which, theory. Which will happen. Which will happen. Which, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't read the lawsuit, but I have read <laughs> Nor articles. Nor should you have to. That, why should lawyer. I have to? Yeah. I mean, I, I've listened to podcasts from smart people who have. And like the other lawsuits, this one relies upon baseless bullshit claims of voter fraud and um, strange mathematics. <laughs> There's been like a lot of talk on conservative TV about this one in a quadrillion statistic. How <laughs> like this one. <laughs> yeah. So like what's her name? Kaylee McEnany is like, there's one in a quadrillion chance to the fourth power that Biden could have won what? in these states. And so it, the, the lawsuit claims that the probability of Biden winning the popular vote legitimately in the four swing states is less than one in quadrillion than one in a quadrillion and the chance of winning all of those states collectively is less than one in a quadrillion to the fourth power okay so I, so this it says this in the a that's a direct so it's it's insane so i saw george conway analyze this with jake tapper on cnn yesterday and he said that these so-called statisticians are pretending as though Democrats and Republicans are equally mixed in mail-in voting and in-person voting. So their models rely on this assumption of like a 50-50 split. This doesn't even deserve and mathematical analysis of like what the statistical like misassumptions are. It's just nonsense. It's a, it's nonsense. It's an insult to the Supreme Court that they even have to read this. I can and sit here with the calculator on my phone and make up some numbers that prove one in quadrillion anything. Like that's, it's ridiculous. One in a quadrillion. So even John Cornyn, the senior senator from Texas, said tonight that he doesn't understand the legal <laughs> theory of this case, which is probably like the strongest statement any Republican has made about any of this. And um, I don't know. I, I think that Michigan, Pennsylvania and Arizona, while like states are suing each other, they should sue fucking Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis for spreading COVID at these idiotic hearings <laughs> over the past two weeks with these drunk witnesses who are raving lunatics. So 
nope to all of it nope, and i nope. can't 41 more days of crazy oh like, please let us stop noping this whole thing let us move on to let us move on to more like civilized issues <laughs> like restaurants with dishes shaped as toilets <laughs> shut it down okay i'm gonna move from trump to trump adjacent here so um do you remember home alone 2 um I mean, from, who am I? <laughs> I know where was, I was. <laughs> I know where I was when the trailer came out. Well, it's from like 1992, and it's famous mostly because there's a cameo by Donald Trump in it. Um, right. But there's another famous scene where the Macaulay Culkin character Kevin, he's in Central Park, and I guess he's getting mugged or something, and he's rescued by like a pigeon lady, like a lady <laughs> who has a lot of pigeons. Um, and the thing is that that scene has resurfaced. And the pigeon lady looks exactly like Donald Trump's friend, Piers Morgan. And you you put them side by side and it is uncanny. It literally looks like <laughs> Piers Morgan in drag covered in pigeons. Well, maybe it was. <laughs> well, wait. <laughs> he denies it. He's the host of a British morning uh, show or whatever. There's an, <laughs> the reason we know it's not true is that we know who the actual actress is. And her name is Brenda Fricker. And she's not a nobody. She wasn't an extra. She is, in fact, an Oscar-winning actress. She won the <laughs> Best Supporting Actress Oscar for My Left Foot, if you oh, recall that movie, right? With Daniel Day-Lewis. With Daniel right? Day-Lewis, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so she, it, it's irrefutable. It's like Biden winning the election. She was the pigeon lady. Piers Morgan <laughs> was not the pigeon lady. Um, but it didn't help that in 2018 on Good Morning Britain, which he hosts, there was actually a segment in which he was covered in pigeons. So there are pictures of this also online that show him with a proclivity for being covered in pigeons, further <laughs> further deepening the controversy here and the, the certainty that he is in fact the pigeon lady. I However, have a theory. I yes. have a theory. I'll give it to you later. Just keep going. Well, I'm about to take this story. I thought that was going to be the story, but it goes off in a much more interesting direction now. <laughs> so... This is the more interesting part. So apparently Brenda Fricker, in addition to being famous for winning the Oscar, she's also famous for throwing her Oscar statue in a pool <laughs> at the Renville Hotel in Connemora, Ireland. <laughs> Back to Ireland. <laughs> oh, among us, that's not throwing our Oscar. In, in a, a pool, pool in Connemora Island. Is so, it in County Cork? <laughs> no, no. Maybe so it she, was affected tells, by the standing She tells stone. the story and it is fascinating. Okay, here's her story in her own words. It was, I won't do an Irish accent. It was, <laughs> it was winter time. That's <laughs> like a Russian accent. It was winter time and there was a group of Japanese tourists around. For some reason, I changed my clothes that day and they had in the hotel, they gave me a sort of Hawaiian looking shirt with two big pockets in it. And for some reason, I had a lot of cash on me and nowhere to put it. So I put it in the two big pockets. We were we were all drunk around the pool, and they, the Japanese tourists, wanted to see the Oscar. And I, I guess she was holding with her. And I threw the Oscar into the pool. And then I thought, oh Jesus, I better get it back. And I jumped in the pool, and all the money fell out. And all the Japanese tourists jump in to get the money. It was heroic of them. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> So, A, Brenda, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> what's her name? Brenda Flicker? Fricker, F-R. 
Brenda Fricker sounds like the guest you want at your party. Like, <laughs> totally. There's nobody. Give that five stars on TripAdvisor. You never know when an Oscar-winning actress is going to show up and throw money from her money pockets. and an Oscar. <laughs> Followed by a throng of Japanese tourists going after the money. So they buried the lead again on that story. I buried the lead. The good part is the Oscar in the pool. But what does that have to do with anything? Like, why? Why did they include that? It was a story in the Daily Mail, of course, and probably the same reaction as me. They start with the story of the pigeon lady. They get to Brenda Fricker. They look up Brenda Fricker in Wikipedia. They find this story. They're like, oh, this is more interesting than the original story. So it's like after all the pictures at the bottom. Yeah, yeah they're like, and by the way, here's this interesting story about Brenda Fricker. And then two thirds of the story is about the, the, the pool. So. <laughs> okay, so clearly Brenda Fricker has overshadowed Piers Morgan in yes. the story. She should and take I over Good Morning Britain co-hosting yeah, spot. Oh, for sure. And I think that we need to explore this further because maybe Piers Morgan got his start being Brenda Fricker's stunt double <laughs> and like and he was holding or, the or, or her left foot. Or <laughs> maybe he was the one holding the pigeons and then like they would swap it out for her like when he was the dialogue the came The pigeon along. wrangler? Yeah. <laughs> Home Alone too. I could see on IMDb it says Pierce Morgan, pigeon wrangler, Home Alone too. That's how he got his career started. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're on The Apprentice. Nope, nope, nope. enough of this story. Okay, okay I do have a, another uh, hotel adjacent story though. So um, COVID, you've talked about this a lot of time, has sparked so many interesting cooking trends, right? Banana bread, pies, dill, tomatoes and dill and mozzarella. And oh, I'm dill. air frying like it's going out oh, of style. Right, that's the new one. So, but what if you don't have a kitchen? That's a real thing if you're, you know, under under the pandemic. So this is a story about Cornishman <laughs> Yago Randall's J-A-G-O from Cornwall. Cornishman? Yeah, oh, okay. from Cornwall. We're all into the <laughs> Ireland Brittany Cornwall. <laughs> it's crazy. We're I know. It's we're like... just like the Bay of Biscayne and the Irish, like we're just circling the drain there. So anyway, <laughs> Jago Randalls. So he had to travel to Canada for a new job. And he was quarantined for two weeks because he entered the company at the Geck GEC, the Geck Granville Suites Hotel in Vancouver. Um, mm -hmm. And so he was stuck there for two weeks and room service was expensive. So he started cooking for himself using hotel room appliances. And he started recording this for TikTok. And now there's an enormously popular TikTok series of this Cornish guy cooking, making full meals in his hotel room with the, the, the appliances they have there. So he makes poached eggs with hollandaise sauce and said, there's a, I'll describe it in a second. There's salmon with rice vermicelli and bok choy. So but what that, are the appliances he's using? I'll, I'll tell you in a second. So that like that video, <laughs> that TikTok was posted on November 2nd. It's got 3.7 million likes. It wow. caught the attention of Gordon Ramsay, who said that looks like some decent food, certainly some of the best food I've seen at any hotel. So the video, the salmon is this. So he takes a raw piece of salmon. He puts down a piece of um, wax paper on the bottom of an iron, which is hot. 
He puts okay. the salmon on the iron so it cooks and he flips it so the skin gets nice and crispy. He puts a little mini steamer at the in the top of a kettle, like the little kettles you get. He puts mm -hmm. the bok choy in there. He takes the hot water. He hydrates the noodles. And then this was interesting. He has like one of those rings like you'd... Uh, like a cookie cutter thing. And he put it on top of the salmon and he poured eggs in it and it like scrambled the eggs to go, I don't know, on the, in the noodles, like a little like fried rice noodle-y thing. Oh. And he plated it and it looked ap ap absolutely delicious. So I could see why that's popular. But the story, the plot thickens here. It turns out that he's a copycat because starting a few months earlier, <laughs> there's a Scotsman <laughs> named Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Oh, Jimmy no. Stewart. <laughs> yes, risen from the dead and <laughs> transplanted to Scotland. Another Scotsman, geez. Um, so he has a video that was months ago um, where he makes kebabs. And the way he does it is he takes the kebabs, he wraps kebabs. it in kebabs well in in, in scotland it's going to be kebabs right um <laughs> he wraps them in foil he cooks it with a hair dryer initially just to get a little sear on it and then uh -huh. he puts it in the trouser press to oh. press it yep um and then he puts a packet of chili oil in the tea kettle and then he takes a like a pita and he puts it under the <laughs> iron to toast them and, and why is anybody doing this? Because <laughs> they're quarantined in a hotel. Oh, okay. okay. That's the, but the can't thing. they just order food? It's expensive to order a oh, uh, you know, room But they're service. going to the market to get salmon. Well, they're and... not going. I guess they're having it delivered because they can't leave the hotel to go to the market. They can't leave their room. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're missing the whole plot here. But it goes <laughs> even further back because it was a controversy last month. When a TikTok user named Marcus Monroe, not from the British Isles, as far as I can tell, um, he posted a now deleted video, which showed him cooking steak on a Southwest airplanes, airplane, air, airplane toilet. Um, no. Yes. So no. people no. cook no. food in your kitchen. If you don't have a kitchen, order in. I don't care what it costs. This is, this is, you're not animals. Don't cook your food with an iron and a trouser press in your hotel room. This reminds me of the guys in Yellowstone Park who were boiling a chicken inside of a hot spring. Like, just, just cook in the kitchen. A fire. I don't know. <laughs> okay, nope to all these idiots. No. Like, just cook normal. Okay, my, uh, my last nope is this. So, um, we are in the golden age of <laughs> cheesy basic cable movies. And there's been a lot of publicity about how this Christmas season, all these like Lifetime and Hallmark Channel, they're so popular and people like hate watch them and kitsch watch them. But, you know, there's a real following for these like a kiss before Christmas nonsense. And now there's this yes. whole trove of like gay romances, which are scandalous, but now they're, you know, you know, path-breaking. So there's one Lifetime movie coming up that caught everybody's attention, and it's called A Recipe for Seduction. And it's about a wealthy family looking for a husband for their daughter. And they stumble upon a perfect match who is a young cook played by Mario Lopez. I guess not so young oh, if it's Mario Lopez. <laughs> I'm glad to see he's back. Um, and you watch the trailer and you realize that it's not just a romance, it's some sort of uh, thriller. 
because you realize he's like a killer. They show him and then there's a, a, a close up of a sharp, shiny knife and there's ominous music and he's a chef. So they go, he has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. Um, and of course the sexy chef is named Harlan Sanders, AKA Colonel Sanders. So let me play a yes. uh, sound. And he has that strange beard. Like yeah, let me, let me, let me play the sound too. clip of the trailer. It's, it's worth a listen. What the hell are you doing? A Lifetime original mini-movie. You don't answer my proposal, and now you're not answering my call. I think I'm falling for the new chef. Jessica is falling for Harlan. The cook? Leave Jessica alone and skip town. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. Harlan claims to have some secret recipe. A secret recipe? <laughs> Spare me. We all have our secrets. Yeah, so sure enough, there's the the poster and it's Mario Lopez wearing like that fake salt and pepper beard and mustache. And he's wearing that weird like sailor outfit with a neckerchief, but it's like, and a, bolo like a tie. Like a, no, but it's like a modernized <laughs> bolo tie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and the poster looks like a Harlequin romance. And the tagline is we all have our secrets. His just happens to be a recipe for seduction. And of course, it's a cross promotion with KFC. And of course, the of movie course. is actually a 15 minute quote mini movie. That's and- not a mini movie. That's like a Quibi. YouTube that's video. Just- <laughs> and we see what happened to Quibi. It was originally slated to premiere on Quibi. But- <laughs> but, but events intervened. <laughs> um, and uh, like all great Hollywood red carpet premieres, it's pr- premiering online noon on December 13th. So okay. nothing says glamour like a noon premiere online. Um, but this is this is really um, in the fine tradition. KFC has really mastered the stunt. Rick, remember a couple of years ago, they had Reba McIntyre as Colonel Sanders yes. and then Jason yes. Alexander. And I guess the PR stunt worked because we're talking about it on this podcast. Well, Mario Lopez uh, is following in some very uh, big <laughs> shoes. <laughs> what do the following people have in common? Reba McIntyre, Jason <laughs> Alexander, and Mario Lopez. <laughs> I they mean, should, absolutely. They, they should do one of these for every season. Like, uh, what's the Christmas movie? Uh, you know, the one everyone hates. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Or... <laughs> oh, everyone loves that. The one with all the cast. Love members. Actually. Yeah, love, love Actually. And then they do like New Year's Eve Actually, and it's a whole franchise. Right. They should do, right. you know, February. Uh, Colonel Val- Sanders. <laughs> a very Colonel Sanders Valentine's. <laughs> Or Halloween. But the question is, do they give the people who play Colonel Sanders the actual recipe? Because they could really like crack that one open. They should like put out a cookbook. That should be in the writer of the contract. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could do a great celebrity cookbook of like all the people who played Colonel Sanders doing different recipes from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now yeah. that's a brand extension I'd like to see. Unless they call us. Okay. Okay. Nope. 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 Okay. Okay. Good. We did some political. We did some silly there. Now let's do some yups. These are little rays of light, little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, you go first, please. Oh, wait. This is Uh, a net. This is a Netflix package because we both have Netflix programming. We do. Yup to Netflix. Um, They're really uh, providing some great pandemic content. So um, Josh and I watched Mank on Netflix this week. Um, It's this gorgeous movie shot in black and white that tells the story of Herman Mankiewicz, the Hollywood screenwriter who co-wrote Citizen Kane with Orson Welles and um, Gary Oldman stars as Mankiewicz and he's just great and um, 
David Fincher directed it. The dialogue is so layered and complex. I need to watch it like three more times. It's one of those movies where you'll, you'll get something different each time. And um, it's like it's like the Gilmore Girls meets Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> so they talk fast and over each other. And yes. Yes, it's it's just it's fabulous. So good. I got the sense that it was very it. dark in a lot of characters, which is not good for me. That's why I couldn't watch The Godfather. Like it's I've... not dark. I mean, it's black and white, but it's it's so beautifully done. It's so, it's like so artistic. It really looks like it might have been shot in that time. It's it's a masterpiece. Great, great. Well, similarly yeah. on Netflix, my yup goes to My Octopus Friend, which is- Oh, still... I told you to watch this one, right? You did? I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> um, it takes place, it's a documentary that takes place, of course, in these South African kelp forests underwater, <laughs> as so many great documentaries do. It's this guy, Craig Foster, who teaches himself to dive and becomes uh, to become one with nature. He starts diving and obsesses over this octopus who he befriends, never gives it a name, so it's not cutesy. Um, and uh, he does, which was incredible to me, is he doesn't use an oxygen tank. He doesn't scuba. He just holds his breath. They never say for how long, do they? But it looks no, like it must but... be for like five minutes at a time because he's down there like, you know, trading this guy war stories. Is superhuman. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing, but it's, it's fantastic. Anyway, he takes this, I, you know, I've been obsessed with octopus. I've read a number of books about them and yes. uh, I, I stopped eating them when I read the books. And now my prediction is that after this movie, sales of octopus food, <laughs> not food demand for octopuses, is gonna demand plummet. for eating octopuses is going to go through the floor because no one's oh, going to yeah. want to eat these beautiful creatures. They're basically humans. It's like convergent evolution. Like they're- They're beyond in, humans. They are like brilliant creatures. The brilliant creatures. The only thing that confused me also, the other thing was the size of this octopus. And I know it like grows over the course of the thing and it dies after one year, spoiler alert, but all octopuses do. But um, there were some times where it looked really big and maybe it was just the distortion of the underwarming fil underwater filming. And then sometimes he picked it up and it was like fit in his hand. I know that was very confusing. I couldn't tell if it was like the size of like a chihuahua or Coco. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's and a shape. It's, it's a shapeshifter, right? Maybe maybe it can inflate <laughs> itself to. It, well, I think just, it can. I think it can absorb more water and become. Well, he calls than... it a liquid animal. It's a liquid mollusk. Yeah. yeah. To escape those evil pajama sharks, I hated those pajama sharks. Oh my sharks. god! They, they're <laughs> and they're like de the they're death hyenas. Roll. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hyenas of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, <laughs> thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Better yet. Tell a friend about it in person. That's the way we spread the word. This has been a terrible week, but a very fun podcast to record. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common.